Hi, everyone. You are listening to Start Inspired. I am your host, Samantha March. This is my podcast designed to give you a weekly dose of inspiration and motivation, helping you start inspired and stay inspired. I've been looking forward to this episode. It's been on my list to do around this time for a while. I'm basically going to be checking in on my New Year's resolutions and goals. So these are a few things that I wrote down at the start of 2020, and I wanted to come on when we were you know, a few months into the year and kind of give an update and look back and see how I'm doing and what I can do to keep progressing on these as we move further into 2020. So I saw, I believe it was Jen Atkin who first posted this on her YouTube channel. She has a few different prompts basically, and then you were to kind of, you know, fill in the prompt from there. So I saw a few people doing it on YouTube. Uh, I think I want to say maybe Approachable did it on their podcast as well. And while I liked the idea of doing it in January and doing it at the start of 2020, I also thought it could be really interesting to check in because sometimes we start a new year full of aspirations and goals and our motivation level is high. And then a few months into the year, we can kind of start to fall by the wayside. I think it's going to be interesting doing this episode now when it seems like the world is flipped upside down and inside out, but I do think that it's also important to keep our goals in mind and to keep trying to reach them. It can definitely be really hard right now, um, but I think that it's important if we can to not just, you know, kind of lay down and fall apart. That is something that I have been trying to tell myself almost every single day. So I'm really looking forward to doing this. I'm looking forward to going back through my notes and answering some of these questions. Uh, So that's the first part of the podcast. And then I have two segments that I will finish it out with this week. And that is going to be a new word of the week and also a Sam Squad Q&A. I'm going to be taking some of your questions. So why don't we go ahead and jump into it? All right, so jumping into it, we have eight, I believe it's eight different prompts to go through. Starting off with the first one is, I want to start. (laughs) And I got a little chuckle when I looked at this the other night because I wrote down, I want to start writing my nonfiction book. I am a published author of eight novels, all fiction novels, but I have had an idea to write this nonfiction book for not quite, it hasn't been quite a year yet since I first got the idea and started to kind of outline and plan what it was that I wanted this nonfiction book to be, but it's like getting close to that time. And I have not written a word for it besides planning, but I haven't written like an actual word for the book. And that's frustrating for me. I have had it on my monthly goal list every single month for probably the past four months now that I'm I'm like, at least, you know, if I put it on my list of goals, I'm going to get to it at some point and I still haven't. So that to me is pretty upsetting. Um, I've actually been going through a rough time as a writer regardless, and it's not necessarily that I'm going through writer's block at the moment. When it comes to writing my next fiction book, I just am struggling to find the time I am fully self-employed. I'm a YouTuber. Um, I'm a social media influencer, if you want to say. I am an author as well, but I am just so busy these days. I did recently do a makeup collaboration with Oprah Cosmetics. Last week's episode, I actually had a chat with Corrine and Shayna 
who both work at Ofer Cosmetics, and we talked a little bit more about my collab, and that definitely has kept me so busy. There's so much going on behind the scenes that needs to get done for something like that. Uh, you know, I try to post five days a week on YouTube. I try to do live chats. Uh, and then just keeping up with the comment section, keeping up with my emails. If I have sponsorships, there's there's so much to do. And I have been starting to feel like I'm that I'm not finishing my to-do list almost every single day. And that's been frustrating to me. And the only times that I am finding myself writing, like it's so few and far between that when I looked back at writing my next book, so it'd be my ninth novel and book number four in my series, The Six. So there's a lot of pressure writing a series because a lot of readers want this next book. Each book is, you know, kind of ends a little bit on a cliffhanger. So readers want more, want more. But I am struggling to find the time to write. So I wrote one chapter in December. I wrote one chapter in January. I wrote, run cha I wrote one chapter in February. And come March, and I'm looking back and reading the chapters, and I'm like, I sound completely different. Like the writer, the character sounds different in every single chapter. When I write my books, I like to write them in you know, weeks, if not months, that's when I like to get at least the first draft done. You know, it's not great. It needs to be polished. It needs to be self-edited. Then it needs to be edited. And, you know, before it comes an actual novel, but I can at least get that first draft done and make sure the voice and the tone and everything is correct and everything is flowing. I can't just be sporadically writing a few thousand words this month, a few thousand words the next month, so I'm really starting to stress now about book number nine, which is going to be called The Six Really. That's the next character that we follow in the six series. I'm starting to get really stressed about it, and I'm having to look a little bit closer at my schedule and think, what is it that I can do? Where is it, like, what is it that I need to cut out for a little bit so I can finish writing this book, at least getting that first draft done so I can start to make things come together a little bit. You know, I have a team around me. I have an editor. I have a proofreader. I have beta readers. My my lovely beta readers have offered to, to read what I've written so far to help me. And I'm like, I don't even have enough for you guys to go off of right now. There's just so few words. So I'm struggling a little bit there. And I think with the events of everything that's happening, I'm you know, I have such a fantastic virtual community. I have such a, a strong social media community and connection. And I want to be there and I want to keep uploading videos and I want to keep doing live chats and I want to do even more. But at the same time, I'm like, I'm, I don't know. I'm only one person. Uh, I don't have a manager or someone who is helping me go through all of my emails every, every day. I can't get through my emails in a day. I can't get through my emails usually in two days. I am constantly behind on emails. You know, a lot of them are business emails, which is not great. And I'm just, it's a little, it's a little bit stressful. So it was funny when I was looking through my notes and I see the very first thing is I want to start writing my nonfiction book. I'm just thinking like, it, it makes me, it makes me pretty down on myself if I can be real with you, because I, I wanted to have Breely's novel, if not out in March, like at the finish line in March, and I don't even have a first draft. It makes me feel like a failure. <laughs> 
uh, from the author standpoint, from a businesswoman standpoint, uh, it's kind of a, a tough feeling. So, you know, I've been looking at my schedule every day. Uh, I you I do work from home and I work for myself and you do have to be very self-motivated. You have to be very self-disciplined to do this. And I'm trying to figure out what it is that I need to be doing in order to get books done. And I know that it means something has to be cut down right now. Um, so I've just been trying to look over everything. I've been logging like everything that I do. I don't normally do this, but because I've come to realize that this is a problem, I am now starting to write down, okay, I wake up at six and then I work out. I work out until this time. And then from this time to this time, I'm doing admin on the computer. From this time to this time, I'm video editing. From this time to this time. And I'm trying to figure out what is it that I should be doing during the day uh, where I can focus on my writing a little bit more because it's really important for me to get that next book out. I love writing uh, books were my first love. And especially when I'm in the middle of a series like this, I can't just, I can't just ignore my books. So uh, guys, you know, going to kind of give me a kick in the pants writing my nonfiction book because I do want to finish, at least get, a, again, that first draft of my ninth fiction novel out before I start writing my nonfiction book. But, you know, maybe even if it's a few words here and there, maybe it'll at least help me get into the groove because that was a little bit of a hard one to look at when it came to thinking over my goals for 2020. But the next one was I want to learn. And what I wrote down was I want to learn advanced yoga poses. So I love yoga. I've been practicing yoga for I think seven years at this point. Uh, I try to practice daily. I, I can pretty much reach that goal every day. I do like to work out in the morning and I like to work out before I even go into my office because I think working out can be one of those things that we tried to be really good at and we try to be disciplined at. We're like, yes, I'm going to do this today and it's going to happen. And then you just get busy and then something else comes up and then an email pops up and then someone needs your attention here and then you start there. And it can be really hard, at least for me. That's kind of how I find my day to go. So I wake up earlier now so I can work out and still be in my office at a good time in the morning, my home office. Uh, but it just is easier for me to get it done in the morning and then I'm good. It kind of wakes me up. It gets, I start off with yoga. I typically do some sort of yoga routine and then I go into a different workout, whether it be cardio, whether it be focusing on legs, abs, whatever it may be. But I like to start off with yoga because I want to try to keep my flexibility. Uh, but I also just like it to wake up, especially ones that focus on breathing or anything like that. It kind of sets my intentions for the whole day. So I love starting off with yoga. I actually used to have a yoga Instagram account and I really worked hard at yoga and I'm, I was completely self-taught. I mean, there was a few times I would go to a class here and there that was offered, but for the most part, I was watching Instagram videos and tips and tutorials of how to get into certain poses and learning that way. And after I was no longer doing the Instagram account, it's not that I got away from yoga because I would still practice it and I would still practice it frequently, but my daily practice kind of fell by the wayside. Uh, I know that I lost my some of my flexibility during that time too, and I've been trying to get it back, but also some of the more advanced poses that I was able to do and that I was working on, you know, an intermediate pose moving up to an advanced pose 
I kind of lost to some of that. So I want to get that back because again, I, I love yoga. It's something that I really enjoy practicing. Finding yoga kind of turned my mindset around in a big way because before I had started practicing on a regular basis, I was actually someone who didn't have a very positive outlook. And I think that that would surprise some people if you know me today or you do follow along on YouTube or Instagram and Twitter. I'm always trying to talk about positivity and finding the best in certain situations and, and all of that. So when I mention here and there that I actually used to have a pretty negative outlook, a lot of times I'm met with surprise, but I credit yoga a lot to changing that around because when you practice and you're following along, whether in a class or whether online or a DVD, a lot of what you're saying to yourself while you work out is so positive and truly makes you love yourself a little bit more. And that might sound super corny, but I fully believe it because I would be the first one that would be down on myself. I would be the first one doubting myself. I would be the first one to self-bully myself. And once I started saying every single day that I'm grateful for my body, I'm grateful for myself that I came to the mat, I'm grateful for myself that I'm taking time out of my day to do something for me, my outlook slowly over time started to change. And I really, I really do credit some of that to, to yoga as well. So uh, I, I, again, I would love to get some of the intermediate to advanced poses back, but especially getting into some more advanced yoga poses, I think that it shows a lot of discipline because it's hard doing yoga and doing some of these more advanced poses isn't something that a lot of people can just sit down and do. It takes time. Uh, it takes time to understand how to get into that pose. It takes time to get your flexibility. Even if you're a naturally flexible person, which I, I fairly am, I was in gymnastics, I was in dance, I was in cheer. Uh, I've Most of my life, I've been pretty flexible. So when I started with yoga, it, it came a little bit naturally to me, but there's still things that you have to learn. You have to become even more flexible to do some of these things, and you have to have the discipline in your body to be able to do that. So when I see someone doing an advanced pose, like on Instagram, I don't think like, wow, they're just doing that to like be a show off or like, wow, look what I can do. It took a lot. I'm sure that for a lot of those people doing that, it took a lot of time and energy and effort and discipline to get to that point. And I think that that really does speak volumes. So that is something that I want to learn is some more advanced yoga poses. So when it comes to how I've been doing with the yoga, I think that I've been doing really well. I Towards the beginning of the year, I was having like a maybe like a week that I would do yoga and then the next week would be cardio or a specific body part focus and then I would do yoga and I was like, no, there's no reason I can't do yoga every single day. There's just bar none, there's not. So that's why I started doing every single morning. That is how I start my day with a, a yoga routine and that's every single day, Monday through Sunday, seven days a week, I'm starting it off with a yoga routine. Um, I usually follow Boho Beautiful on YouTube. She has so many fantastic yoga routines, so many to choose from, continues to upload on a frequent basis. So I really enjoy following that account. Um, I have the apps Fit On and Down Dog. Down Dog is specifically yoga based. And there's a lot of different options that you can do. I believe Down Dog is a free app through April as we kind of struggle with this time. There is usually a small fee for it, but I got an email from them saying that the classes that they offer on the app are going to be free. 
because so many gyms have had to cancel and classes have to cancel and trainers have to cancel and all of that. So that could be something to take advantage of. I can have that in the show notes. And I was going to list all these prompts in the show notes as well. If you want to answer them, you know, we're still fairly new into 2020. If you want to give them a, give them a shot and write some down. Uh, So I think I'm doing pretty well. I can tell that I'm getting more and more of my flexibility back. I try to stretch every single day outside of doing the yoga routine. I try to stretch every single day and yeah, I think I'm, I'm doing pretty good on that one. That's, that's nice after, after the first one. Uh, But the third one was, I want to try. And I wrote down, I want to try to be more assertive. This is something that I am not great at. I, I struggle with this one on so many levels and I've struggled for so long I like to think of myself as kind of like a go with the flow person. I'm not someone who gets like easily angered or even like annoyed or, you know, if I'm having a conversation with someone, it's like, what do you want to eat? And I'm like, I don't know. What do you want to eat? And they say this. I'm like, okay, cool. Like if I have something that I'm really passionate about, either I really want to do something, I really want to eat something specific. I really want to go to this place. Then I'll let you know. But if I truly don't care, I don't care. So like, you know, sometimes people are like, no, like what, what is it that you want to do? Let me know. And it's like, no, honestly, I really don't care because I feel like in some way I am more laid back because I'm, I'm very grateful in a lot of ways for small things. And to give an example with that, when my husband and I had been dating for like six months or something like that, it wasn't a very, it, it wasn't a very long time, but I think it was our six month anniversary. And I don't think I got him anything, but he bought me a bunch of packs of gum. I used to love chewing gum. I would chew gum. Like I was always chewing gum. I would always have multiple packs of gum in my purse. I just loved gum. And so for our six month anniversary, he bought like six packs of gum or something like that and gave them to me. And I was so grateful and so thankful. And I mean, I was crying over gum and I would continually bring it up to him And I can remember him one time being like, it was just gum, Samantha. Like, I don't like what, like, you're welcome. But like, seriously, it was just gum. And I was like, but you don't understand. Like, that was just such a nice gift. It was something that you knew that I would love. You were thinking about me. Like, I I was trying to explain to him, like, why I was so grateful for such a small gift. And it's something that we've, we've gone back to and we've talked about over our years, we've been together for 13 years now. Um, So it's something that we've gone back and we've talked about and it's something that I've reflected back on. And I think it comes from having a background that I've come from, which is, which is abuse and just some other not great things that I've gone through that I've gone into more detail in some past podcast episodes. But there's been so many times in life where I think that I haven't felt loved or I felt neglected or I felt unworthy or, you know, all of these different emotions. So I, a lot of times I just get really grateful for the small things. And sometimes people around me can't really understand it. Um, And I think it, it has to deal with maybe not going some of the, through some of the things that I went through, but also not dealing with it on the emotional level or the mental level um, that I went through as well. Uh, So when that comes to like, when people ask me if there's, you know, if we're on a vacation, for example, last year we were on a vacation and it was like, what do you want to do on this day? We could do A, B, or C. And I say, I don't care. 
and people are like, no, you have to pick. I'm like, you don't understand. I'm on a vacation in a beautiful country that I've never been to. I am so grateful for this opportunity right now. I honestly could care less what we did, honestly. So I don't know if that makes sense or if anyone can kind of relate to what I'm saying, but there's just so many times where I'm more laid back because it's just sometimes it's the small details that I can't let myself get wrapped up in. And I just think like, whatever, like, let's just do whatever or whatever it's going to be is honestly going to make me happy. But I think there are other times where I can be more assertive. And I think it especially goes to like standing up for myself. I don't think I'm always the best there because I don't, I don't like confrontation. That's not fun for me. I don't seek it out. Uh, And so that part can be a little bit hard. So I've struggled in the past with being talked down to or uh, even something like being talked about behind my back and I've heard about it. And instead of going to someone and being like, hey, I heard this, what's going on? Or if someone's talking down to me, I have a hard time being like, hey, don't do that. A lot of times I turn into a doormat and I just kind of take it. And that's what I've been trying to do a better job of in 2020 is to kind of be more assertive in that way. Or if there is something that I am really passionate about to continue to speak up to say, I want to go here, I want this, I, I want to eat that, or whatever it may be. Um, so that's where I'm trying to be better at being more assertive. Hopefully all of that made sense. But uh, yeah, that, that is what I wrote down for I want to try. Uh, next up I had, I want to continue to. And I wrote, I want to continue to stay positive. Like I mentioned, I typically try to be a pretty positive person. I try to have a positive outlook on things. I try to see the best in people. I try to see the best in situations. It's not always easy. I think it's definitely a lifestyle thing. Like I said, as someone who used to have a more negative outlook, I I know how hard it was to switch it. I know how hard it was to start to have positivity become a daily normal because negativity was always my daily normal. Being down on myself was a daily normal. Um, Thinking badly about everyone in the world and everyone was out to get me, that was my daily normal. So to change it to to have my new normal be more positive based, it took a while. It took a long time. But I'm glad to say that that's just who I am now. I can look at situations and find the best part of them. Sometimes I have some people in life that they can look at something and immediately point out the negative, whether it be just driving by a house and maybe the yard isn't good enough or seeing someone out who maybe doesn't look super put together. Uh, And those are things that I don't even see these days. I I don't, I don't see them. They don't, they don't come to me like they would have naturally have come to me, you know, eight, nine years ago, 10 years ago. Uh, and I, I love that. And as someone who is on the internet and who is in social media, I'm really proud that I've managed to stay positive all of these years, because sometimes you, sometimes the internet and social media can get a little bit of a bad rap, but maybe a little bit deserved when it comes to negativity, trolls, haters, words that we hear quite a bit. And I almost wondered, especially after starting YouTube, I really thought like, oh no, I I, I could see my mindset switching again. I could see my mindset turning 
more negative because it's so easy. What are the most popular videos on YouTube? Drama ones, negative ones, bad reviews, calling out brands, calling out other YouTubers. Those are the ones that get hundreds and thousands and millions of views. A lot of times the most popular YouTubers and the names that we hear over and over again are the people that are constantly involved in scandals or dramas because that's just more interesting. It is very sad to me sometimes as someone who is a more positive person to understand that drama sells, that bad press sells, that bad press and drama and scandals and mistakes will make a person famous quicker than someone who will just do good work and be a kind person. As I started to realize this with YouTube, I truly had an inner struggle and thought, you know, should I change things up? Should I start to post some more negative videos? Should I start to call out, you know, different things? Um, and I was like, you know what? I don't want to, because that's not how I want to be known. I want to be known when people talk about me, I want them to say, man, that's Samantha. She is always so positive. She's, she's always got a, a positive outlook on things. She's just a happy person. You know, that's what I want to be known as. I don't want to be known as someone constantly involved in drama and scandal. And it's funny because I think, especially being a YouTuber, you hear a lot about people being, oh, they're super honest. Like, I love this person because they are so honest. And it's usually being talked about someone who, you know, could be a great person, but they are a little bit more known for being on the dramatic side or the negative side. But for some reason, that coincides with honesty. Whether you can have me and several other YouTubers, a lot of people who are my friends, who we can not like something but we can say it in a nice way or even not in a nice way, but we don't have to say it in a dragging way. We don't have to be canceling everybody over everything, uh, but we don't get called honest. We get called fake. And that's strange to me. That's very odd to me. Uh, so a lot of times I don't, help, I don't hear people say like, oh, wow, that's Samantha. She's a really honest person, even though I will give review after review after review for products that I buy, products that are sent to me, products that are sponsored. Like, and and I, can, I can tell you straight up. I can tell you about the product. I can tell you why or why it didn't work for me. I can tell you who I think it will and won't work for. I can give you all of those facts, but I will, be, I will not be known in the YouTube community as being an honest person because I don't do it in a negative way. That's a bummer to me, but you know what? It is what it is. And again, I would rather be a positive person and be known for that than being known for the flip side. So I got to continue to be me. I think I've done a really good job of it. I've had weak moments. I've had moments where I thought, man, if I just switched it up, man, if I just got a little bit feisty sometimes, maybe my following would increase. Maybe my views would increase. But honestly, it's more important to me to to stay myself. Uh, I like to think of myself as a pretty grounded person. I'm I just turned 33 as I'm filming this podcast. My birthday was a few days ago. Uh, and I would just rather have my priorities straight than to try to be chasing some sort of like fame or views or subscribers or anything like that. So I think I've been doing a really good job of continuing to stay positive, especially in light of all of the, the events that have happened over, I mean, the past few weeks here, I've been trying my best to stay positive and to continue to bring that positivity to my channel, to my Twitter, to my Instagram. Um, and so hopefully I'm doing a pretty good job there still. <laughs> 
Uh, the next one was I want to quit. And I wrote down, I want to quit self-sabotaging. I actually did a podcast just, was it last month? I think I did a podcast on self-sabotaging and how I'm actively working on trying not to do that. So I can put in uh, the episode number. I think it's self-sabotage is in the title, but if you'd want to go back and listen to it. So that makes me, it was funny when I saw this one because I was like, oh yeah, like I really have been working on it. Did the podcast episode on recognizing that self-sabotage is a problem for me, how I was able to recognize and accept it. Because I think for a while, I didn't want to accept it. I was like, no, I don't do that. Or no, it's not really bad enough. It's not, you know, doing any harm. But now I'm thinking, you know, no, it actually is. And I need to change it. And I need to change my ways. And here's how I want to do it. So I'm really proud of myself. So I think I'm doing really good on on that one. And I'm going to keep on keeping on trying to do that. The next one was I want to be, and this one was kind of a hard one for me. I think it was one of the last ones that I filled out and it's kind of a bummer to look at, but I wrote down, I want to be able to travel more. (laughs) So I feel like I kind of like mixed words up a little bit there, but it still worked out. I want to be able to travel more. That was a big goal that I had for 2020. And it feels a little bit crushing to talk about this. Um, in light of our whole situation, but I love travel. Travel has been a huge love of mine. Since I was a young girl, I was obsessed with learning about other places. I was obsessed with the map of the United States. I would have puzzles, multiple puzzles that I would put together, and it would be the map of the United States. I was addicted to learning about all of the states. What are the capitals of all the states? What are the state birds, the state flowers? Uh, I, I mean, the I, I wanted to learn everything. What what state were they? Like, what number did they become a state? I wanted to know all of those details. I loved learning about that. And then when I became a little bit older and I learned, you know, like, oh, you know, yeah, there's different countries and there's the United States. I was enthralled with learning about other places. Uh, learning as much as I could. And I wanted to go everywhere. It's been on my bucket list since I was a young girl to go to every single state. And I also do have several countries that I have written down that I really want to go to. Uh, I was a travel major in college. My associate's degree is in travel and tourism. So we learned about being a travel agent, working in the airline industry, the hotel industry, um, just the tourism industry in general. We would plan trips. We got to actually take a trip. Uh, our big uh, our big project that we would do each year was to plan a full trip, but then we got to take it. My freshman year, we went to Amsterdam. My uh, second year, we went to uh, Jamaica. And I love them. I have a tattoo on my foot that says to travel I love traveling. It is something that I've always wanted to do. I've wanted to just explore and learn about different places. I love talking to locals wherever it is that I go, whether it be another state, whether it be another country. I love learning about other places. It's fascinating to me to learn the culture, to learn the ins and outs of of the citizens that live there, um, to learn about the food, to learn about the activities that they do. I just find it all so fascinating. But travel is also very expensive. It's a privilege to be able to travel, most definitely. 
And there's been a lot of years where we were not privileged enough to be able to travel. We didn't have the money to be able to afford some of these trips. And actually, my family is Army. So my sister married into the Army when I was 11. We're eight years apart. She got married at 18. Would they just celebrate 20 years or something like that? I don't know. She and her husband have been married for a long, long time. Um, but so they married in when I was younger. And it was so much fun for me because I would get to go around and visit my sister in these different states. And so I have checked off a lot of states in the U.S. because of my sister and her husband being in the Army. It's also very sad because I'm not close to my family a lot. But especially when I was younger, I was like, oh, my gosh, I can't wait. And I hope they go here because then I get to visit there. You know, and then as I got older, I was like, man, I wish they were in Iowa again. But my goal was to always go to school, get my degree and then start traveling around with my family. I was just going to move wherever they moved to and learn about a new place. And then every two to four years, I was going to move with them again. But I met my husband in college. We started dating, then we fell in love, then I decided to stay, then we moved in together, then we got engaged, then we got married. And over the years, we would have conversations of, do we want to stay in Iowa? Do we want to move somewhere else? And I always had these dreams of, of traveling with my family or living somewhere else. I never imagined myself staying in Iowa, truly. I don't like winter. I don't like cold. I don't think that there's a lot of opportunities in Iowa for the things that I wanted to do, especially when I was younger, before the internet has come to play, before there was social media, before there was all these things that we could do via technology. What I wanted to do in life, you couldn't have, you really couldn't find those opportunities in Iowa. It was very few and far in between. So I wanted to move somewhere where I would be able to have more opportunities to write books, to maybe get into the entertainment industry, something like that. And I decided to stay in Iowa and I decided to marry my husband. But I said, my compromise is I want to every single year, I want to go somewhere. I want to see somewhere. I want to, I want to get out of Iowa and I want to go somewhere. And there was a few times that we were able to go out of the country. We went out of the country for our honeymoon. We went to St. Lucia. While we were in St. Lucia, we got one of those like great deals via sandals. If you book while you're there for the following year, it was super, super cheap. So the next year we went to uh, the Bahamas. And then after that, things weren't looking so great. And we weren't able to travel out of the country again until last year. And that was crushing to me. Truly, it was crushing to me because it's all I want to do is go places <laughs> Uh, so when we were struggling financially, uh, Mitch was really good at making sure that we were still going somewhere, whether it be Kansas City, which isn't far, whether it be Chicago, which isn't too far from us, whether it be visiting my family, wherever they were. Um, we had a really fun trip in the El Paso area that was super memorable. And so while we had to stay in the U.S. and sometimes we had to stay in the Midwest, you know, I was at least being able to experience something or get out and just make new memories. That's my that's my biggest thing that I, I love to do is to have new experiences and to create new memories. And I think that's probably a reason why I love travel so much, or at least like they go hand in hand together because it's impossible to not make memories when you're traveling. It's just flat out impossible, whether it's good or bad, you know, like you're gonna make some memories there. So um, you know, I have worked my butt off 
for several years. I've worked without pay at certain jobs that I do for several years. I have sold my books that I have worked so hard on and I have paid hundreds and thousands of dollars to have a team around me. I have sold those books for 99 cents on Amazon. I have scratched and clawed my way to get to where I am and I'm not a millionaire by any means. I'm not a hundred thousandaire by any means, but I'm in a slightly more comfortable spot, but where I can start to put money aside for traveling because that's what's important to me. Shoes, um, you know, shoes, clothes, purses, different things like that, um, interior design for my house, travel tops all of them for me. So because I'm able to allocate money now to a travel fund and to be able to go places. And sometimes I'm able to get out these trips because I'm doing them for my job. I feel like I'm very lucky to be able to do that. And when it came to 2020, I was like, yes, this is the year I'm going to do it. I'm going to get out there. I've said it in several YouTube videos. Like this is the year I'm traveling. This is the year I'm going to see people and meet people. Like I can't wait. I had to, I had to cancel already two different trips that I had planned um, that were already booked and everything. Those had to be canceled due to the coronavirus. Uh, I had another trip that actually had to be canceled. Unfortunately, we had a, a death in the family at the beginning of the year. So I had a trip that was planned around then that that you know needed to be canceled so I could be with family and, and attend those services and everything. But I had more trips planned for the future. I was so excited. I was so ready to get out there. I was hoping to take you know, maybe an international trip with my husband as well. We were thinking about different places we could go, maybe towards the end of the year when it would get a little bit colder in the Midwest too. Uh, so to have what's going on in the world right now happen is, is so crushing to me. And of course, I always want to say that there's something bigger at play here. And I know that and I understand that. And it's just something that you have to accept and you have to to be able to 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 roll with it truly. Um, but just like I've said, whenever I've talked about the coronavirus and people being sad that you've had to cancel or postpone or you know, whatever it may be, we're all affected by this right now. And it doesn't make anyone wrong to be sad about something. Uh, it just simply doesn't. Of course, of course, the virus is such a big thing. And of course, the health and of course, death, no, no one wants that. No one, no one is saying that because something is canceled, that they have it worse than someone who has the virus who has been sick or hospitalized or have family members who have passed away from this. I don't think anyone is saying that. But I'm saying that it's still okay to be sad because I know that I'm sad because I had huge plans. I had huge goals. And it wasn't something that this is just like, oh, for a few months, I've been thinking 2020 is going to be the right travel. This is something that have been has been years in, you know, being planned by me of trying to, to get to this level financially where I can do something like this, where I can get to a level in my professional career where traveling is a part of the norm. This is something that I've worked on for years and years and years. So to kind of have it wiped away in just a, like a short period of time is kind of makes my head spin a little bit. But I just have to believe that, you know, things will get better and we can get back on track. And, you know, hopefully I will be able to travel more. So when I saw what I wrote under I want to be, it did give a little bit of a sting. But, you know, you just got to keep being positive and thinking good thoughts and hoping that we'll all get through this together. and get back on track to just living life again. 
So to keep it moving, I think we have two more left. The next one is I want to have, and I wrote down, I want to have a better savings account slash retirement account. <laughs> so I think I wrote this down after reading Smart Women Finish Rich by David Bach. Uh, I read that book a couple months ago and I talked about it a lot. I actually have a YouTube video talking about how I took away some of the tips from that book. Um, I've reviewed it on my blog, which is Chicklet Plus, but I have definitely recommended that book multiple times because uh, I'm, I'm someone who, not even that I didn't grow up, um, you know, privileged financially when I was when I was growing up, but I also just didn't have a lot of people or resources around me that were really knowledgeable in that area. So even when I got my first real job and I had a retirement account, I didn't really understand what that was for. You know, when I was in school, I don't know if the curriculum is still this way, but when I was in school, we learned how to balance a checkbook and how to write checks. And that was about it. I mean, we didn't learn about retirement accounts. We didn't learn about what it means to get a mortgage. We didn't learn about credit card interest. I mean, none of that was taught in schools when I was growing up. And uh, I think that's a real detriment <laughs> to the to the students because, I mean, as you get older and as you go to college and and certain things are happening, you I, you just don't feel educated enough. And when I look back and I think about student loans and I think about the credit cards that I took out in college, I feel very frustrated and I have to wonder if maybe I was a little bit more knowledgeable, educated, or informed on this subject if I would have made some of the same choices that I did make when I was 18 and 19 years old. Uh, so after reading that book, taking a lot of notes. If you read it, I would suggest having a notebook next to you while you do because I took a lot of notes on savings accounts, but especially on retirement accounts. Uh, I was someone, like I said, I didn't really understand what a retirement account was for. And I feel very disappointed in myself that I worked for eight years, I believe it was, at a VA hospital so I worked for the federal government. We had one you know, nice thing was having good benefits, and that included a matching 401k, and I almost never took advantage of that. It wasn't until my last couple of years there when I was now in my mid-20s that I had started to learn a little bit more here and there, and I changed my plan. And I mean, it was pretty much too late for me at that point. Then I went to self-employment. And, you know, I don't have a matching 401k. Google doesn't offer you anything as a YouTuber, you know, none of that. So uh, one story that I actually went on to tell my niece and nephew who are uh, 20 and 18 is I, I told them, you know, when you do get your job and you are able to have a retirement account, you know, this is something that you should look at. And I gave them the story of Mitch and I. And I said, Mitch and I both worked at our jobs for the same amount of time. We worked different years in our life. So I started at the hospital at 18. Mitch started at his job maybe at like 20. He was already in his 20s when he had started that job and he was a little bit more knowledgeable in that subject. And I mean, it was something he would tell me and it's a reason why I eventually changed my 401k is because he would come home and say, you know, oh, I upped my 401k again. Oh, now I'm doing this percentage and that percentage. And I'm like, what? I don't. I don't understand. Why are you doing this? And 
when we both left our jobs. Again, we worked the same amount of time, but he did the matching 401k and eventually worked up to the full amount that he could match. I matched the full amount for maybe one year, but it might have even been shy of one year. And our retirement accounts are thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars apart from each other. And that was a huge lesson to me because especially as someone who's gone to self-employment and now I don't have that option, I just look back and I think how better my retirement account could look if I had maybe known that or understood that when I was younger and then into my 20s. And it's a really big regret that I have. So I, I mean, I definitely recommend David Bach. I've read both Smart Women Finish Rich and The Automatic Millionaire. I would recommend them both. I think they're great. I think, again, if this is a part of of your life where you feel like you really don't have a lot of knowledge or you've had a hard time grasping certain concepts, he really does spell it out really easily, which I appreciate. And I decided to take it in little chunks at a time. I decided to first focus on a savings account and I decided that I wanted to find a high interest savings account. The savings account that I had was a tiny, tiny percentage. Um, and I moved way up when I switched my account and it's already made a huge difference. It's like astounding to me. Again, I get really frustrated with myself that something that took me 10 minutes to do, I mean, it, it would have been a difference of again, thousands of dollars, super, super frustrated with myself on that end. And then once I had my savings figured out, I wanted to have a better retirement plan because again, when I left the hospital, I, uh, moved my 401k into a Roth IRA and it really hasn't done anything. I think part of that is definitely on me, but I think part of that too is the location where it is. They don't seem very aggressive or interested in helping me learn or helping me get the account in the right place. And Mitch actually uh, just recently changed his retirement account as well. And he had a really good experience and moving it um, because he is now also uh, pretty much considered self-employed at this point. So he had to do something with his 401k too. And we're really happy with that. So that is something that is on my list to do. Hopefully I will do it soon. Uh, again, think things, things are just kind of weird right now financially and with the economy and all of that. But uh, I'm happy to say that I do have a better savings account than I'm very happy with, and retirement is still on my list to do, maybe when things start to calm down a little bit in the world, but definitely going to do it. Uh, okay, and then the final one is I was going to stop, and this one is kind of funny, but I wrote, I am going to stop eating fast food. <laughs> And I'm a little bit embarrassed that I had to write this down and that I had to make this a goal for 2020. I used to pretty much just live on fast food. And I mean, I'm talking about college days. I'm talking about post-college. Uh, and I've always kind of had this like on and off relationship with fast food. I would eat it, eat it, eat it, and then be like, oh, okay, no, I need to stop eating fast food for six months. And then I would fall back into it and I'd start to eat it again. And it was around the time that my husband and I moved in together I noticed us starting to eat fast food a lot. And I think one thing that contributed that to that is, you know, we were busy. I mean, we were young and we were busy and we were always doing one thing or another. So it was just easy. It was a convenience thing for sure. 
Uh, but also we had very different eating, I don't know if I want to say habits, but we have very different tastes in food. He's someone who likes things a little bit more spicy. And for the longest time, I was a bland, basic eater. I mean, we would go out to eat and I would get chicken strips. That is it. Chicken strips. I mean, I didn't like anything from, from, from food to even condiments like sour cream, ranch. I hate it. All of it. Chicken strips and ketchup and maybe mac and cheese. Maybe. That's a bit of a stretch. And if you are more of a picky eater, it comes with this unique set of challenges. Oh, it's, I, I never enjoyed being such a picky eater and I would always try different things and I just, I couldn't, I just didn't like things and it would make me really frustrated. I can remember the first time coming back to Mitch's hometown and meeting his family. It was for Easter and we were having an Easter dinner. You know, his mom was cooking and his siblings were coming over and I was sweating thinking about eating because I knew that I didn't like so much food and I thought I'm going to look rude and disrespectful. I am so stressed out about this. I mean, it might sound like a silly thing, but it was a real thing. It really did happen. And it just, I mean, now looking back, you know, we can laugh up, laugh about it and talk about how I only ate ham and grapes and bread. And that was it. And, and we can laugh about it now. But luckily, somewhere along the way, things started to change for me. And it's shocking to me now the things that I eat and the things that I look forward to eating. I am so glad that my palate has expanded because, man, it was like, it was even like boring to eat. It just go out to eat it's like oh Samantha's gonna get the chicken strips I bet it's like yeah okay haha so funny but that's really what would happen so back to fast food uh when Mitch and I first moved in I was still a pretty picky eater so it was really hard to make meals at home because we couldn't find things that we would enjoy together so instead of just eating separate things it was like well we both like things from McDonald's and we both like things from Wendy's so let's just go get that and it's easier that way there was a time where I think it was after we were married and we started falling into the fast food trap again. And once again, I think that we were just busy and it's kind of like once you start, it's hard to stop. And we both kind of noticed like weight gain and I would feel bad. Like I would just feel icky. And so we talked about it and we're like for three months, we're going to give up fast food. And we did. And then at the end of three months, we're like, let's give it up for another three months. And we did. And we went a year, a year without fast food. I think there might have been, you know, a couple times in there where maybe we got like late night McDonald's at 2 a.m. or something like that, which is honestly terrible for you. But we really cut out fast food and I could definitely notice a difference. And I was super happy about that. So recently we moved to a new town. We moved uh, last year. We've been here almost a year. We moved in April. And there's not a lot of food options here. There's not a lot of restaurants to sit down at. Uh, we would do a lot of carryout uh, in our old house when we lived in the, the Des Moines area, which is just larger. There's a lot of options, you know, whatever it was, we, we could grab something even, you know, from salads to nachos to wings, we could get things to go, which was something that we enjoyed. And again, we didn't rely on the fast food a lot. Well, we move here and there's just not a lot of options and slowly but surely we kept finding ourselves going back to fast food and 
when Mitch used to work at a corporate job, he wouldn't be able to come home for lunch. You know, he would only have 30 minutes for lunch and it would take 20 minutes to get home and 20 minutes back. So uh, he would always eat at work. Well, now he has more time for lunch and he also works five minutes away from where we are so he can come home for lunch. So there would be a lot of times that he would call me and be like, hey, I'm coming home for lunch. Do you want me to grab something? And I'd be like, well, there's really nothing that you can get to take out except for fast food. So we started to do fast food a lot. And I got to the point once again where I was like, I can't keep eating like this. I don't feel good. I don't like it. Like this has to stop. So we really like to do uh, either Home Chef or HelloFresh. We've done both of those meals. Those are the meal delivery uh, services. And I really like those. I've been fortunate enough to be able to work with both brands actually for sponsorships with YouTube. But uh, both I have used, like we pay for ourselves and we've done it even before our sponsorships and we love it. It just gives more, and this isn't sponsored or anything, probably it's going to sound like it, but uh, it really, it, tr it truly just is something that I honestly enjoy. And we both do because you can pick out your meals, you get the ingredients delivered right to your door. We like that it gives you the exact amount of ingredients that you need because, especially because it's just the two of us, when we make things and we have to buy a huge jug of something and we only need a tablespoon out of it, it just seems so wasteful. So we love that and there's a different variety because sometimes we kind of get stuck in a rut. We're like, okay, we've already had tacos two times this week we've already had this casserole like what what else can we make what else can we do so it's really nice to have those kind of options so we started relying more on those and uh, just trying to cook more but it's been I you know I filled this out at the beginning of the year and that was when I was feeling really frustrated with eating so much fast food and I thought you know what it's not a good enough reason to be like oh we don't have enough places we can carry out well we can go to the grocery store <laughs> we can make our meals or we have, you know, we're able to be able to use a service, uh, a meal delivery service. That's pretty amazing too. So uh, we've been doing a really good job at that. I honestly, as I'm sitting here speaking this, I can't remember the last time that I had fast food. I don't think it was even in March. So it's been a while. So that's good. So I'm really, really happy about that. That makes me very excited. So I'm doing pretty well there. Uh, so those are the eight different prompts. That was my check-in for, you know, just some of my resolutions and my goals for 2020. Uh, again, I would love if you wanted to answer some of these and let me know about them. I always link my social handles down below. I love to chat with you guys about the podcast. I do have an email. If you'd want to email me at all, it's just startinspiredpodcast at gmail.com. If you would want to talk about it, I think that that would be a lot of fun. But Again, sometimes at this point of the year, we can start to fall off. We can start to forget about our goals. So I think it's a good reminder. But I think even right now, too, as we all kind of struggle with what's happening in the world and all of the unknowns uh, and kind of want to, you know, for me, I kind of struggle with wanting to fall to pieces every single day. Seeing something like this kind of reinvigorates me and kind of like puts me on a good path again and gets me on a good mindset again. And I think that that's really important. So whether you did these prompts, you saw them floating around YouTube or on podcasts as well, whether you wrote down goals or resolutions, whatever it may be, maybe go back and check them out and uh, give you something to focus on other than only bad news these days. But I hope that you enjoyed that. It was a lot of fun for me to go back and look. But why don't we go ahead and finish it off with the two segments.
All right, jumping into the segments for this week. So I'm going to start off with Word of the Week and then finish off with the Sam Squad Q&A. So the last time we had a Word of the Week, which I think was maybe two or three weeks ago, uh, the word was self-motivated. So I ask in my Word of the Week a series for you to focus on that word. And if you want to write in anywhere and share what that word means to you, how you're working on it or thinking about it or putting it into your daily life, I do like to read some of those comments. And I use the word self-motivated because in that episode, I had an interview with Jeremy Ryan, who is another uh, entrepreneur. And you know a lot of his journey, and I think for a lot of us who are entrepreneurs, it requires so much self-motivation, kind of like when I was saying working from home requires self-motivation, self-discipline. So I thought it'd be really interesting to get the feedback on self-motivated. And actually what I found extremely interesting is that almost the majority of the comments that came in about this word were people asking for help on it, were people saying that you don't think that you're very self-motivated, but you want to be. And I don't know, that was not, truly, that was that was not what I was thinking. Uh, so I just thought that was really interesting. And just to read a couple here, this one comments that I think being self-motivated can feel so difficult. I find it really hard to get self-motivated. Uh, this one says, I used to be so self-motivated, but unfortunately I lost my self-motivation, that drive to be able to push through and always come back out on top. Uh, another one saying, how do you get self-motivation back? I'm afraid that it's gone forever. And I just, I really thought about that as I saw more and more comments from people coming in of saying, I've never been self-motivated, but I want to be self-motivated. I used to be, but I've lost it. It made me think that maybe I could do a whole podcast episode on it. I don't know if it would be interesting enough. Maybe I could have a guest on. I'm thinking it could be fun to have a guest who is you know, maybe in, in the entrepreneurial space. I mean, that's a lot of people that I know and a lot of people that I have connections with are, you know, I've had a couple authors on and some business owners, but maybe our main focus could be about self-motivation and how we work through it because, I mean, it is hard. You do have to be disciplined. Um, you know, when it comes to my work, I don't have anyone standing over me making sure I'm doing my work okay. I don't have anyone saying, hey, from seven to nine, I need you to be doing this. And from four to five, I need you to be doing that. It all comes down to me. Uh, I do think part of my self-motivation comes from loving what I do. I do choose what I do. And that means a lot to me. So I love it. So that can help, but there's also definitely times where what I'm doing feels like work or I feel very overwhelmed. I mean, I was talking earlier about not being able to, have to find the time to write my next book because I'm so busy in so many other facets of my career and in my professional life that I feel like one area is is lagging. So, but again, I was thinking perhaps an episode either with me or a guest. And again, I would love to hear your feedback for sure. Uh, but I was thinking maybe an episode to dive into it a little bit deeper could be for an interesting topic. Let me know your thoughts on that. But thank you to everyone who wrote in. I mean, it means a lot whether you comment on YouTube or you write it in on my Instagram tab or or you send me an email. I mean, all of that is really helpful and it gives me something to go off of. And honestly, that was a podcast topic I didn't have in mind. So I really appreciate all of the feedback. Uh, but I do want to give a new word of the week. And thinking about the circumstances and everything that we're going through, I was trying to think of a word <laughs> that would make sense for this week. Uh, the word that I ended up coming on is perseverance. 
So the definition of perseverance is a continued effort to do or achieve something despite difficulties, failure, or opposition. And I feel like a lot of us are having to persevere right now. I feel like a lot of us are going through some sort of difficulty, going through some sort of failure or opposition, whether it's our personal lives. I know a lot of of people who are having to homeschool their children right now. That is probably something they never thought of if their kids go to a traditional school. I know a lot of people who aren't able to go to their jobs or are having to work from home. Um, I know that there's a lot of difficulties facing many of us, that there's there's really not a lot of people that are not touched right now by what is happening in our world. And all of us are kind of having to band together and persevere and get through this time. So I would love if you guys would want to leave any comments, feedback, emails, anything like that on how you are persevering or what you are getting through or how this experience is for you, um, if you have anything that you would like to share. But a continued effort to do or achieve something despite difficulties, failure, or opposition. Because that's what we have to do. We have to continue to give the effort. We have to continue to want to achieve and just see this through together and, you know, hope maybe be a little bit more grateful um, once we get through this. And, you know, just little things to me, like being able to run to the grocery store. Again, it's just my husband and I. So there's times where we think of having something for dinner and we don't have one or two things, you know, sour cream or lettuce or whatever it may be. And it's like, oh, okay, well, I'll just run to the store quick and grab it. And now I'm, you know, I'm trying not to do that. If I am going to the grocery store, I'm trying to get everything all at once. I'm trying to be in and out, maybe doing online pickup. So someone's bringing it out to my vehicle. You know, I'm trying not to be in the store for a long time and I'm trying not to be around other people. It's just a total, it's a total shift. It's a total mindset shift. You have to be so much more aware because again, we're all in this together. So you have to be thinking about the other people too. And you know, it's a lot, but, but we're trying to get through it together and persevere the best we can. So yeah, I would love to hear your feedback on that, but that is the word of the week. Okay, moving over to the Sam Squad Q&A. So I like to do this, like to answer some of your questions. Uh, so I asked on my Instagram stories what questions you guys might have. I did get quite a variety of questions about my collaboration with Oprah. Uh, I got asked my favorite part of doing the collaboration, um, how it felt to be asked to do the collaboration, my favorite product from the collab. So I'm going to answer a few of these first. Uh, so one of the questions was, what was my favorite part of doing the collaboration? I think honestly, like right now is my favorite part, seeing people get the products, seeing people play with them, seeing people talk about them and use them. That is really is such a cool thing. There was, there was so many cool moments along the way that I thought was just like so much fun, but seeing people react to them and, and seem to really enjoy them so much, it's been really wild. Uh, you know, Ofra Cosmetics is a huge brand. I mean, they've done huge collaborations with really, really big influencers, and they have quite a PR list already. So I've been seeing some really amazing people get this package and talk about it and share about it and, you know, type my name into their Instagram story. And I'm like, what? I never thought I would be on their radar. You know, I can type my name into the Ulta Beauty website and my products and my photo, my photo, my face shows up on Ulta Beauty. That is extremely surreal. So 
even though I had so many good moments through this experience right now, I think is one of my like favorite parts. And it's, it's something that cheers me up every single day, especially during this hard time. And so thank you to everyone who's been sharing or unboxing. It's, it's just really been such an amazing experience. Uh, one question was, do I have a favorite product from the collection? So I came out with a bronzer duo, a blush duo, a highlighter, a highlight duo technically, um, two highlights in there, uh, and then a lip duo, a liquid lipstick and a lip gloss. And I definitely think the lip gloss holds a special place for me. The lip gloss is named Millie after my grandmother because it's a pearly, uh, like a pearly shimmery lip gloss and my grandma loved pearls. So I've always used pearls to kind of honor her and when we made the gloss and I just thought Millie would be the perfect name and to see how many people love it and wearing it and it just it makes me so happy and uh, so that one definitely is is really special to me so I think I if I had to pick because I do love everything but like if I had to pick I would say probably the gloss that was that was really cool for me <laughs> Uh, one question was, how did I feel when I got asked to do the collaboration? And so I did a favorites collab with Ofra Cosmetics last summer. So I was able to pick my three favorite liquid lipstick shades that they already had released, and we put them into a bundle. And then my two favorite highlighters from Ofra are Star Island and Pillow Talk. And that's when we decided to make the duo to have them be in one compact and do the split pans. Those are divided into four. For the highlighter and I felt like it went really well you know I was excited and people were talking about it and people were using the products and they were selling I was like wow this is so cool and I had been saying that I wanted to go down to Florida Ofra is headquartered in Fort Lauderdale or Pompano Beach Florida and I kept saying that I wanted to go down because it it, it meant a lot to me to be able to say thank you to the team in person you know I'd said it so many times over text messages and emails and phone calls and on YouTube videos and Instagram chats and all of that. But to me, it's really special when I can hug someone, which is just like so weird that we can't even hug people these days. But um, it means a lot to me to hug someone and to be able to look at them to say, thank you. That, that you know, that was such an opportunity that you gave me. Thank you. Um, so I had been talking to my main contact, which is Shayna, who was on the podcast last week. And I kept saying, oh, I, I'm going to come down. I'm going to come down. And finally, at, like, at one point, she emailed back and was like, would these days days work for you to come down? And I was like, oh, what? yeah, like, yeah, totally. Um, like, wow, this is really going to happen. Like, this is like, we're really doing this. And so I went down. It was maybe like two months after the favorites collab. I went down to Florida and I thought I was just going down for like a visit and to meet people and I was going to do a factory tour. I was like, so cool. This is going to be awesome. And I remember, you know, getting there and we had so much fun. We went to a baseball game right away. That was super cool for me. I love sports. So we were able to go to a Miami Marlins game and then we did, um, you know, the factory tour and all of that. And afterwards they were like, oh, we just want to talk to you about something and took me into like a conference room. And I was like, oh boy, this is what's happening here. And they just said that the the favorites collection went really well and they wanted to offer me a, a real collaboration where I work on the shades and I name everything. And I quite honestly was flabbergasted. I did not see it coming. I had no idea. I, I really didn't. 
And I was kind of in shock. And then I think I just started to cry. And, you know, they're saying, just think about it. You know, you don't have to tell us now, you know, talk to your husband, talk to your mom, and then just let us know. And at my hotel that night, I called both Mitch and my mom and I talked to them about it. And, you know, we just kind of talked it over. But, you know, I said, yeah, I, I really want to. And I mean, we started from from really that very next day, we started talking about what we wanted the collection to look like, what we wanted the theme to look like, what products I wanted to choose, because Ofra does make their products right there. They have their own lab, they have their own factory, they have, they do their own shipping. I mean, everything is done at that location. So it was really like, whatever it was that I wanted to do, you know, they could make it happen. And so just trying to think think things through to what makes the most sense for me, what, what, you know, again, we wanted some sort of theme happening. And then, I mean, the brainstorming started from there. And again, I was very shocked, but I was so excited and I was so thankful. And I've been so excited to share the news with everyone because if it wasn't for all of the support that I got during that favorites collection, I, I don't think I would have had this opportunity. So I'm fully aware that I that I got this chance, that I now have products at Ulta Beauty, that I now have products going all around the world and people are 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 using the, the shades that I was able to help create with the names that I was able to put on there with the packaging that I helped you know come together as well. Um, I'm very grateful for that and I'm very I'm I'm very humbled for that support, but I'm I'm also very aware that it's because of that and the overwhelming support that I got there. So I think that was another reason why I was so excited and why I think this is my favorite time because, you know, hopefully people realize that because they bought a highlighter and because they bought a lipstick trio and because they shared YouTube videos or tweets that talked about the collection, whether they could buy it or not, because they helped shared it and helped get the word out. Um, it provided me really, I think, a life-changing opportunity. And I'm really grateful for that. <laughs> so oh, it's kind of hard to say all that without getting a little bit choked up, but I'm just, I'm just very appreciative. So uh, I also got asked quite a few questions about how my birthday was, how I spent my birthday. <laughs> and uh, yeah, my birthday was Monday the 23rd. I turned 33. And, you know, we really didn't have any plans for my birthday. We initially were supposed to be traveling in Florida for the launch party and everything. We were supposed to be gone Wednesday through Saturday. And then my birthday was Monday. So we really didn't have any plans. You know, I was kind of counting that as like my birthday trip and everything. So, you know, it was just going to be hanging out at home, maybe seeing some family. My brother-in-law and I share a birthday. So, you know, maybe hanging out with, with their family and such or getting dinner or something. Um, but obviously with everything, we can't even be around them, which is very sad. But uh, it was just Mitch and, and Aries and I hanging out at home. We did get takeout from a local restaurant. Uh, you know, it's hard. I, we know that so many businesses are being affected right now. Where we live is is very focused on local business, and there's a lot of family-owned businesses around here. And I know a lot of places are really struggling. So, you know, if we can, if we don't feel like cooking, if we don't have a low fresh meal, um, you know, we're trying to keep in mind that these businesses are really, really struggling right now, having not, not being able to allow customers in. 
app. So if we can do takeout, then we're trying to do it. So we just got takeout from a local restaurant. I had nachos, which is my favorite meal. <laughs> and that was about it. So, I mean, it was a pretty calm birthday, which probably it would have been, but it was going to be calm because we had just been traveling and obviously that didn't happen. I think it was more, quite honestly, just a weird feeling knowing I couldn't do anything, knowing I couldn't be by my family, knowing I couldn't go to a restaurant. Uh, that part, I think, is very strange. You know, I'm someone who I work from home and I, I mean, I'm at home the majority of the time. I don't really go a lot of places, but it's that weird feeling. And I know a lot of people have said it is like knowing that you can't go anywhere knowing that you can't just run an errand, knowing that you can't stop by a friend's house. It's just a odd feeling. So my birthday was low key, but it was fine and it was good. I'm thankful for another birthday. You know, I think that's fantastic. And I just said that maybe we'll have to celebrate our half birthdays hard because I'm always someone that I'm like, hey, it's my half birthday. Maybe say happy half birthday, you know? Yeah, I'm just saying, I'm just throwing it out there. I think half birthdays are exciting too. I mean, you don't have to like, shower me in gifts, but maybe be like, hey girl, that's cool. Uh, so I said maybe for our half birthday, because uh, my husband's birthday is the 27th. So we're just a few days apart. Um, and you know, I said maybe we should go cause hopefully by September, <laughs> I mean, fingers crossed, but maybe things will be a little bit calmer. We can travel again and we could take a nice trip and celebrate our birthdays just six months later. Cause, cause our birthdays are kind of canceled this year. <laughs> that's for sure. Uh, I did see a question come in of how did I get started in yoga? And so I kind of did touch on that actually in the in the first section where I talked about how I wanted to learn advanced yoga poses. So I kind of talked about how I, I got into it. Um, I did take a few classes here and there, but I, I don't know. Honestly, I'm not really a big class person to be, to be real with you. I like to work out at home. I think it's just part of being a homebody and I don't, I just like to work out at home. I don't like to be around other people, um, to be honest. But I also, I mean, this is the time where like I would get DVDs. I know fitness DVDs aren't a real big thing anymore. It's a lot of like YouTube or apps or things like that. Um, but also I looked at yoga Instagram accounts. Uh, even before I had my yoga Instagram, I would follow the Instagram accounts. There's a lot of challenges that happen on Instagram where there's like a calendar and then every day you do a pose and take a picture and, and upload that picture and everything. But that helped me learn the poses too. But it just, again, I think yoga just takes time. Flexibility doesn't come naturally to everybody. And if, again, if it's something, it's kind of like wing liner for me. If I don't practice wing liner on a pretty regular basis, I just like lose it all. That is how I would also compare flexibility. <laughs> if I don't keep up with it, if I don't stretch, if I'm not working on the flexibility, I'm going to lose it. So, uh, but yeah, that's kind of where I started and how I learned. So I would say YouTube videos, apps, even Instagram. I mean, you can find a lot of um, kind of like step-by-step -step tutorials as well. Just like with makeup, you can find that with yoga as well on Instagram. So I think it's a really cool thing to be able to take advantage of something like social media or the online presence to be able to learn something. I think that's, that's a pretty awesome thing. 
I had several people write in to say things like, this isn't a question, but I just want to tell you that I'm happy about your collaboration with Oprah. I don't have a question, but I wanted to say it's really amazing to see your success and that you are continuing to inspire others, myself included. Uh, so I've had some different sentiments like that. So I just wanted to wrap up and again, say thank you. That that means a lot. Um, there was there was several that came in like that where you didn't have a question, but you wanted to to either say congratulations or something along those lines. And I, I thank you guys so much. I, I love what I do and I'm so, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful that I can do this. I'm so grateful for my community and the friends that I've made through here. Uh, even something like starting a podcast, I had no idea what I was doing. I just kind of threw myself into it and was like, yeah, I'll figure it out as I go. Um, and it's just been such a good experience. So I really wanted to say thank you. And to everyone who, who wrote in under the Sam squad question on my Instagram, I really do appreciate that. I hope that you guys enjoyed another episode of start inspired. I will be back next week. I believe I do have a guest next week, so stay tuned for that, but I will be back next Thursday. Thank you to everyone who listened. If you want to rate and subscribe and review and do all of those great things on whatever platform it is that you're listening to, if they allow that, that would be amazing as well. If you want to share it, that would be awesome, of course. Uh, but until next week, I will talk to you guys later.